This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is your host, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, today we have a very Neptunian show for you. Uh, uh, First, I want to set up some announcements for you. I want to tell you, um, you know, Tomorrow, you know, is this uh, big deal date uh, regarding uh, the end of the Mayan calendar, which, you know, some of us have wondered if it is the end of the world or simply the the end of uh, the world paradigm as we know it. And uh, as I've worked with the Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Merlin, St. Germain, and Thoth, uh, I've said to him, what what can we do? And he says, increase your immunity. So go to my site, tdjacobs.com, and get the increasing immunity MP3 set uh, to do a meditation to help you clear out energies and uh, really increase your bottom line sense of feeling safe in the universe because uh, that is spiritual evolution and uh, it's also really important that we are that we understand the role of the energies around us and how our sense of safety can keep us from absorbing for example, other people's fears about the terrible things that may happen. Essentially, it's also holiday season, and people are stressed. People are eating way too much sugar, uh, you know, overeating things that agitate them and don't make them feel at home in their bodies and therefore on the earth. So the best thing to do for uh, the solstice and uh, the end of the Mayan calendar is to increase your immunity. There's a 35-minute teaching explanation from Jehudi and then a 25-minute mp3 meditation so get that at tdjacobs.com um also i want to just mention something about soul's journey sound bites i've i've done a ton of these over the last few weeks as uh as a uh, holiday gifts people gearing up and i i just want to mention um regarding the soul's journey you know one of the most um one of the big things that i'm trying to do with all the the work that i do including the show is to demystify our human experience so that we can understand this um, manual behind the scenes that we have not yet learned to read in many cases. Today, I did a soundbite for a baby born uh, eight days ago on 12-12-12. And it was really uh, kind of an exciting opportunity because, you know, the parents have just met this tiny person. This person is brand new. And I was able to, uh, it was a gift from a friend of the parents. And I was able to look at this and, and provide some insights about how this kid's going to develop and where this soul is coming from. So I want you to understand that uh, the Soul's Journey Soundbites offer insights into why you're here and to give you tools and also to give you tools to help understand others. So if you get a, a gift for a loved one, you can listen to it too and understand where this person's coming from. And you know, maybe you have uh, friends with young ones. Maybe you have little ones, tiny people that you have uh, fashioned and, and emerged. And uh, to understand the soul's journey only enhances your ability to be a steward uh, for those tiny people. So go to tdjacobs.com. There's still time. I can still do them before the holidays. We're still a few weeks away from uh, uh, some people's big holiday. 
And then just one note, other MP3s related to this show, uh, same as last week actually, Saturn and Scorpio, because today we're going to talk about soul and death and being conscious about uh, things that are under the surface. Neptune and Pisces is really up the alley here. And also a healing suicide MP3 and the, I've recently completed the transcription. Those are all available at tdjacobs.com. So my guest today is an intuitive and dream worker and author, Meredith Smith. Uh, her website is ispeakindreams.com, and um, her book is Dream Workers Behind the Veil, Night Shift Dreams. And I've invited Meredith on the show today, and uh, she's agreed graciously to share her birth data and uh, be a, a bit of a guinea pig, I guess. And, and so we want to hear from her and also you know, hear about her work and her process, uh, her very Neptunian process, uh, and then um, also uh you know, talk about her soul's journey and some of the things that she's on earth to do. One of the main things, uh, as I mentioned to Meredith, that, that I want the show to be is to offer you, uh, dear listeners, some insights into how to constructively live some outer planet energies, including Neptune. And while astrology, uh, I don't think it's a real part of, of Meredith's vocabulary, so I'll be translating things back and forth for her and for you, uh, so this can be a very user-friendly experience. Meredith, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Tom. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> I'm really excited. I I enjoyed reading your book. I enjoyed your perspective on. Um, I mean, I'm still enjoying it, not past tense, but but I, I like your perspective on the role of somebody who's doing mediumship work. And and I, I got the sense when I was reading it that you and I have been exposed to some of the same teachings about life, death, soul, and and how to be compassionate and to make peace with what happens, you know, in our human journeys. So, so I felt kind of a kindred spirit energy. And um, as soon as I finished the book, I pretty much called you right away to invite you onto the show. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your work and, and, uh, and what you do, and then we'll talk about kind of how you got there. But, but let me know, you know, give us some ideas of, of what it is that you do these days. Uh, well, I'm a dream translator. And so I, exist in my dreams and we all dream and uh we you know we exist between the boundary lines but i uh, seem to um live more in my dreams than waking yes I, i go through my daily life i have a family you know i have to tend to my dog and my cat and then in the in normal daily um waking life um activities however my work is done when i'm sleeping and a lot of people are like, well, how do you know you're doing that work? Well, luckily, <laughs> I've had really vivid and intense dreams since I can remember. I can remember my first dream at um, about five years old, four years old, actually. Um, and so what I do is I communicate with um, other souls, both living and deceased, um, uh, those in waking and um, in other dimensions. Um, and I do bring this work into waking. So I do shamanic journeys, I do meditations, and um, I type away on my computer interpreting dreams. So that kind of gives an overview. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Um, one of the things I mentioned is this this idea of living a Neptunian life. And, you know, dreams and working with soul are very Neptunian things to do. And, and um, you know, so obviously my, my experience, uh, I guess, idea of what you're doing is that it is a proactive way of doing this Neptunian thing, which involves living in multiple worlds. And and basically, when we live a Neptune story, our consciousness can exist on multiple levels uh, 
at the same time or all the time. We can travel. Astral travel is a very Neptunian thing. And, and um, you know, but it's also the energy of escapism. And one of the reasons why I want to invite you on the show is also to talk about your own uh, process with coming to do this work, coming to live this way in a proactive way. Because a lot of people, this is like one side of the coin. Another side of the coin is you just checked out all the time. So I'm also curious about your process. But before I do that, I want to give people your birth data so they can look up your chart because a lot of people listening to the show are, are uh, astrologers and students and people studying. So Meredith's birth data, uh, December 1st, 1972 at 1.17 a.m. in Chicago, Illinois. Again, that's December 1st, 1972. 1.17 a.m., Chicago, Illinois. Uh, gr- gracious guinea pig. So, so I'm curious, you know, like my own, I'll just tell you my own Neptune thing. I have Mercury, Moon, conjunct Neptune, and that puts my emotions and my mind in these other realms. And, and I also have some stuff in the 12th house, Neptune's house. Now, for you, you have your Sun conjunct Neptune. So basically, the person in your head who's making decisions uh, is, in fact, Neptunian needing to live in other realms. So, you know, looking at your chart, it might be easy to see somebody who is either checked out or trying not to be here. So can you talk a little about your process of getting in this place that's proactive? I mean, like, you know, like, are you somebody who tends to check out or, or be confused about why you have a body, that kind of thing? I'm laughing because, wow, I'm not crazy. You know, like I, <laughs> I've received how to deal with this in my dream, you know, through my dream guides and so forth. So I've been yeah. able to cope with a living between two worlds. But it's it's great that I have such, um, re you know, reaffirmation from my chart because I never knew that that this was written in my chart. Mm. Um, how? What family? If it. I have to say that it's my daughter and and my husband that keep me grounded. If it wasn't for them, I you know who knows? Because before um, I had my daughter and my husband, I you know I was a free spirit. I knew that I wanted to deal with dreams. I interpreted dreams, but I was really flighty. <laughs> Uh-huh. So uh-huh. my whole life, I was always checked. I mean, like I'd go to school, I'd have t- teachers. I was a very kind, you know, I didn't talk much. I was very quiet, but I'd have teachers always questioning, you know, what is wrong with your child? Why, you know, she's never here. She's never here. But I literally would be up above my body all the time. And so you've answered so many questions that I've always wondering, why am I like this? But I was born this way, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with how you're wired. You know, I think the the there's a tagline on the, my homepage that says the way you're wired is no accident. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But we live in this in this culture, especially going to school, being a kid, and being expected to. I mean, they hope and pray you'll turn out to be a productive, useful member of society. Right. You know, like exactly. yeah. So if you're in another place, or if you know, if in your brain you turn letters around, or if you're slow, you know, if you don't catch up to the time schedule that that's being uh, offered or dictated or required, like something might be wrong. And for you, kind of being outside your body, and so for you, your family, uh, they're teachers for you to either remind you or inspire you to stay grounded. So that's important. And and this this kind of Neptunian journey, um, I, I just it's really in my heart to give to give people ideas about what to do with this because Neptune right now transiting Neptune in the sky is in the sign of Pisces and so it's kind of at home there and 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 we're at the end of the Mayan calendar and we have all these opportunities for spiritual development but 
you know, one side of the coin is spiritual development. One side of the coin is this conscious interaction with multiple realms or something like, something else like this. Uh, sounds very, uh, textbook, uh, textbooky, but, but another side of the coin is the escapism. And I think that, you know, with pressures of modern life, more, more people in their Neptunian opening, which is happening because the name of the game right now on Earth is raising consciousness, expanding consciousness. If we don't have a container, you know, if we don't have people who inspire, like with you, people who inspire us to stay grounded, we can be completely flighty. And, you know, honestly, there are soul-level teachers for you, so that's important. But you could have spent your whole life kind of being outside your body, too. <laughs> you know, like that's a that's a, right. a real possibility. And yeah. I feel like it still do, though, in, in a sense. I've just learned to navigate between. Queen. And I think that having, you know, having my daughter, and I, I dreamt about my daughter even before I knew that she was coming, and she was pretty much, I'm here, I'm I'm on my way, and from through dreams, I realized that the reason why, and she has her own journey, but part of it was because I came here for a purpose, and I wasn't living my purpose. Right. I was being too much out of my body, I was being too, you know, escapism, too right. free spirit. It. And she needed, she, we're from, you know, the same soul group, and she was just like, I've been sent here. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to say a couple other things about, about your chart. Um, you know, okay. uh, I always start a chart analysis with Pluto, as, as the listeners probably know, because they heard the, that I do a, I did a soul's journey soundbite for a, for a uh, listener on the air a few weeks ago. And uh, so Pluto for me represents the empowerment journey of the soul, essentially what the soul intends that you as the human figure out how to do in a confident, uh, strong, uh, self-empowered and, and loving way. But most of us tie our strength to external reality in some way. You know, I might tie my strength to my physical strength or my money, my possessions or my connections or status or something like that, all these things change. And so, you know, we, we lose power over time and uh, if we tie it to that and if we actually know all parts of ourselves and then we accept all parts of ourselves, then then we can be inspired and uh, empowered in a Plutonian way. So your Pluto's in the first house and this is the house of the body. So it's like, it's funny to hear you talk about being outside your body as a kid, like, like you're that you be in your body and be present and, you know, treat it instinctively and make decisions, self-interested decisions for yourself. But a lot of Pluto in the first has to do with, you know, how you treat yourself and how you care for yourself. And, um, and, and it is a, it is a, a, the placement that's about needing to make decisions and needing to make self-interested decisions, but one has to be, you know, in her body in order to do that. So, so that's a, that's interesting that you've had that experience. And, 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 and this is a sign of Libra, and Libra is about trying to find balance. And we tend to extremes when we live a Libra story. It's not really about balance. It's about trying to figure out you know, how the expletives to get balanced. And so for you, a connection to the body, the extremes of that. You know, in some lives, you may over-identify with your body and then find all your perceived confidence leave if your your body has changes or you age and, and perhaps you know get closer to death so so that's a, that's a huge part of um a part of your journey and then um i also want to talk a little about the south node ruler for you and um uh actually we're going to take a break uh first and then we're going to come back uh let me actually give the phone number out and so we we'll, we're going to take calls about uh dreams or astrology or both the number is 877 877- Two three zero three zero six two, and stay with us. We'll take our first break now. 
the way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. 2012 is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. I'm your host, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And joining me today is intuitive and dream worker, dream interpreter, uh, Meredith Smith from ispeakanddreams.com. And uh, we're in the uh, part of the show where I'm discussing her soul's journey with her, giving her some insights into why she's wired the way she is, offering, you know, uh, the, the intent here is to not only share with her some insights so she can gain some understanding, but to give you uh, a view on somebody who's doing some outer planetary things in, in a more or less positive, proactive way, <laughs> because we tend to we tend to not always understand how to live Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune in healthy ways, and and I think that in certain ways Meredith offers us a great example. So let me give you her birth data in case you're just joining us. December first, nineteen seventy two, one seventeen a.m. in Chicago, Illinois, and that'll give you a one degree Libra rising. So uh, before the break, Meredith, what I what I started to mention was the South Node ruler uh, tells me about. Um, your role in many lives, kind of special skills and talents you show up with, and sometimes roles that you'll be appointed to uh, by others who just kind of see a natural talent or inclination or interest. And sometimes it's not necessarily something we would really choose, but, but lots of times it's something we're very comfortable doing and perhaps happy doing. And since your south node is in the sign of cancer, uh, the ruler is moon. And so uh, your moon is in Libra in the first house. And as I mentioned to you, this is what I'm about to tell you explains part of the thing about why being in your body has been a challenge. Now, first thing is, you know, in Libra in the first, again, the first house is about self-interested action and decisions. But the sign of Libra, and this is relevant for your Pluto journey too, the empowerment journey, we sometimes listen to other people way too much. And uh, so if you stand up in some life and say, here I am, I'm being bold, other people may say, I don't quite understand that. And then you might be tempted to get quiet because who wants to be misunderstood? So uh, and, and the moon is conjunct Uranus here. And that's the answer to a lot of the story. Uranus is another dissociative energy. Neptune is where we're living in another world. Uranus is where we're not quite sure how to be here because some part of us, usually our, our minds and our energy fields and electrofields, are moving at different speeds than the world around us. 
So it it offers inventiveness as a skill, you know, as a be, something being different, you know, maverick energy sometimes, and sometimes a conoclast or rebel. But essentially, you're showing up with something to say, and other people are saying, we don't understand you, and so part of you gets a little checked out. And that's part of Part of what happens, you're living in different worlds and having unique things to say that some people might not be clear on. And then the moon is also opposite Chiron in the seventh. And this is another thing, another part of this. Chiron's about wounding and healing. And in Aries, it can be um, a wounding to will and sometimes a wounding to our sexual selves and sometimes through violence of different ways. So essentially, I think that you know, in some lives, you show up to really – make a difference in your community by being present, by being in your body. But I think you're encountering other people's woundedness to some degree that it might be difficult to stay in your body and process it. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of when you encounter somebody else's suffering? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you've followed me around my whole life now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, ideally in time, you, you learn boundaries and you learn to not be willy-nilly open to, you know, a bunch of energy pouring into your field. But that's a long-time learning process. So I think the combination of, you know, sometimes listening to others that, that what you're saying or doing might not be fully understood, you know, maybe giving too much power to the opinions of others sometimes, you know, too much credence. But then also, um, you know, this idea of the multiple worlds, it's kind of a recipe for needing to learn how to be here. And if this stressed you out, I, I probably wouldn't talk about it quite much so much. If I could read in your energy field that that, you know, you were at a loss, I wouldn't put you on the spot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um Yeah, so so I think that, you know, it's a different vocabulary, but that's kind of something that, that I think that you've experienced. And and the whole time, something you've been doing in the world, that your South Node's in the tenth house. And this talks about kind of um what you see the world to be like, and sometimes a lens through which you might see the world. And it's cancer in the 10th, and that can be being of service in a healing way or a nurturing way uh, in the world. So in many lives, you're doing something in the world that is lunar in nature. You know, you know, sometimes a shepherd kind of energy or, or nurturing kind of a mother to a community or a father to a community. Uh, so you're actually, you know, doing things for others, but this first house says it's important for you to make sure you're self-interested decisions get factored in and what you need to do for you. So like I said, these teachers and your daughter and your husband being, uh, you know, keeping you on earth, incredibly important for you so that you can, you know, do what you came here to do and, and make decisions for yourself. And yeah, you're right on. You're pretty amazing. I'm <laughs> oh, well, blown away you. right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's all right there. You know, this is the. You know, it, it's evolutionary astrology. So there are humans who do this, but then, um, you know, who who look at the chart from the soul's perspective. But I've really been, I've been, um, uh, uh I guess I've been blessed with um, tutoring from the ascended master to, to kind of fill in gaps and, and answer questions that I had. Uh, that tutoring helps me kind of zero in. On uh, you know it's that I see the chart basically through the ascended master's eyes, and so that's why it kind of uh, can ring can ring bells. And yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I've been carrying around my chart for years and just looking at it like I don't. And getting books. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great light on it. Yeah, good, good to hear. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I do wanna I do wanna ask you uh, one thing uh, that I um, meant to ask you earlier in the program, but I remember during the break, and it's this idea that um, soul fragments 
are available or possible to work with in dreams. And, and I want, I'd love for you to, to share your, your thoughts on that since this show is all about soul and helping people connect more directly with what, uh, you know, the divine plan is. So just, um, for a quick clarification, are you asking soul fragments of ourselves or of, of others? Um, of ourselves, because most people, you know, having dreams are going to be, um, I guess, uh, I mean, most people wouldn't be night shift workers, you know, most people, but I'm, but I'm interested in helping people see the perspective of their, perhaps even their own souls. Right. To see their, their speaking to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, from what, I mean, how I've learned to be able to help others when they come to me with their, with their dreams and trying to understand their, their soul's purpose and, yes. and what their souls are doing within their dreams. And it really comes down to the knowing. You know, we have these beautiful and vivid dreams, and we've been taught for so many years to look at them as just a, a personification aspect of the creation of our mind. But there's so much more than that. And I've discovered this really early on in my life because I was raised Catholic and I was taught to understand the world in a whole different light. And then I would go to bed at night and I have these amazing conversations with a spirit, my spirit guides. And at, you know, five, six, seven years old, what do I know? So because of, of, I, I feel like I came into this world with the knowing. Like I wasn't from, because I feel like when we're little babies, we come in and we all have that knowing yeah. and then we're learned, we're taught to speak and we're taught different things. And so if we were able to speak right at birth, I, I think that the world would be absolutely different. Oh yeah. Different, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, wait a second. <laughs> Um, but the, yeah. the thing to tell other people is that when you have those dreams, when you see yourself or you see those other souls or other guides, to uh, not to not when you wake up and you bring those dreams back and uh, into waking, not to have that first thought of what's wrong with me was that you know how is that person that showed up in my dream a reflection of myself, but instead to your very first thought or you're, is usually the right one. And a lot of people wake up and they say, hey, I just had this great conversation with somebody or I just had this really great conversation with my spirit, spirit guide. And then right away, they, they, they take away their, you know, their fear jumps in and they're like, you're crazy. No, you didn't. That's just your mind creating things. <laughs> and so to not think that way. And to bring those those souls, those spirits, those parts of you, that, you know, we astral travel because we all astral travel when we dream at night. Um, to to bring it back with you, and and to know, and to and to trust your intuition. You were talking to other souls. You were, you know, in in. Uh, I, I won't get into detail of how to identify your your spirit guide, but you you were that was a guide for you because I I truly believe that our dreams are part of our soul's journey like our soul returns back to the places that we're most familiar with and brings back those messages to help us move through our journey in waking if that makes sense so because for whatever reason i was gifted into under to knowing right away at a really young age that um 
I was pure soul in my dreams. In those dreams that I were having, I was in communication with spirit guides that gave me the information that I would wake up. And I would know, like, whoa, this is such a just little, waking is just a, a little piece in our, our, our journey. Just, a, you know, our, our human form is just a small piece in the grand scheme of our journey and, and our true being. And um, so I, that's, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of, for people to take on, especially yeah. when they wake up from that dream. But, you know, I... I don't push, but that's what I say to people right away when they contact me because I, I, I'm waking them up. I'm, I'm letting them know to believe in themselves, to, to trust their intuition. And then from there, we, you know, we work through our dreams and then we identify our spirit guides and, and our journey and, and so forth. But um, that's kind of an overview. And, and it seems intense, but it, it's really not because once you once people are able to wake up and trust their dreams, that their dreams are just another, um, you know, your body is just sleeping, but your soul is going 24 hours a day, you know, so right. still, still continue to work. And um, I, you know, it, it took me a lot of years to realize, but because of a mentor of mine, um, she shed light on, on my dreams and the aspect that I was helping up people because I constantly uh, was writing down dreams and sharing dreams with the people that I, you know, I help the soul cross over. I help them heal. I'm encountering these other people that are doing the same work I'm doing. What is going on? You know? So, but because I, I brought that seeking those questions into waking, I was able to identify and move through and to realize that, um, that our dreams are, are bigger and are just as important as our waking life because our, our soul is doing as much work in our dreams as it is doing when in its physical body. Right. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. It's, you, uh, you made me think of this, this, this notion of how do I, you know, a, a general human question, you know, I mean, the broad sense is how do I know what's true? You know, what is true? But, but the more specific here is how do I know uh, what guidance is, or how do I know what's worth listening to in my mm-hmm. dreams? And, and in my experience, it would be kind of a vibrational quality, something I can't deny. It's not like um, because I have had meetings with my guides in dreams, and also special ad hoc meetings <laughs> with 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 you know uh, guide guides, but not ones that are attached to me permanently. You know, special meeting kind of things, like special summits, and. Um, but also parts of myself, you know, kind of processing the day and also, uh, and also other people. So, you know, how do I know what's true and, and how do I know which dreams to listen to and which to believe in? And it's, it's really a vibrational, a vibrational quality. And I think that, you know, you're Neptunian, uh, Uranus, uh, in the first experience, Neptune in the third, um, you know, and Uranus in the first experience has attuned you to vibrations. And, and if you are willing to be in your body, you but also any human, that that awareness of vibration, you know, and this activates me. You know, this doesn't. This just seems like a piece of, of data. And the other thing that I, I really liked about what you're saying is that the, the waking is just one part of our experience. And you, to, to live a Neptunian life, to have those other you know, basically to be dragging those other dimensions, other worlds uh, with you is, is a way of saying other parts of you, other dimensions, other levels and ways of knowing. You know, that's really that's really a huge thing with this with this uh, this journey to live between worlds. And 
you know, the, the same energy that is Neptune is, you know, mysticism, mediumship, uh, meditation, uh, communing with nature and spirits, but, but it's also escapism and addiction and feeling lost. And one of the key ingredients is groundedness, you know, being willing to be in the body. And I'll just remind listeners that they can go to tdjacobs.com to get a free 13 minute grounding meditation, which helps out people and it's uh, on the right hand column of the homepage. And um, I guide in a dulcet tones, kind of in a meditative state, I, I guide you uh, into grounding with the earth. And my, my clients and students uh, use it and, and uh, many people have downloaded this. But, but to be in the body, to stay in the body, you know, and live in multiple worlds can be really challenging because as we talked about earlier, you know, with, you know, being trained to be productive members of society and, and, and if something doesn't, doesn't look normal according to kind of our consensus reality it's it's scary you know it's 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 scary when this kid can't spell right but is obviously very bright or you know all these other things and or daydreaming that terrifies the people who are trying to teach our kids things (laughs) but but it's all it's all a dream it's all real and that's kind of what what you're living firsthand you know Mm -hmm. and um so it's interesting. Like I, I also have the the experience in of um, before I was able to intentionally do this. You know what we're talking about and kind of live in two worlds or multiple places. And and before I was able to trust that it was okay that it was happening, I was terrified that I would have days and sometimes a couple of days at a time uh, during which I felt drunk or high, but there was nothing like that being consumed and just out of sorts, ungrounded, confused, unable to work my hands or use tools and, and just feel, feeling literally like I'm drunk. And, um, yeah. So I don't know if you've had those experiences too. It seems I, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. And you know, I, what I've learned, um, it, it, what really helped me too is when I went through shamanic training, um, for almost a year is that I learned that when you, when you're in that state, and it happens to a lot of uh, sen- sensitive people, empaths, is that you have to sit with it. And so instead of fighting when I'm, when I'm feeling that way, when I'm feeling out of sorts or, you know, uh, drunk or high, and, and it has nothing to do with anything that I've ingested, right. I've learned just to sit. You just sit and you, and you just be, be present. Yeah, and it becomes the new you- normal. It becomes mm-hmm. the new Yeah. If you're willing to be present with it and not think it's terrible, I my actually my psychic opening started uh, when I just when I moved to Los Angeles and I hadn't had a car in about six years and I moved from Boston and I used like public transit and, and hoofed it quite a bit and then I moved and bought a car when I got to LA and on the highway I would I would have these um, weird moments I would lose a little time or yes. have a moment replay twice, like a repeat. And and that's when all this started for me was on the highway at sixty five miles an hour in LA. And and then I was that and then actually terrified me. And so, you know Yeah, yeah it was yeah. scary. And I, I happened to have friends who actually two friends of mine have a Sun conjunct Neptune, you know, in Sagittarius like you do. And uh, and they said, you know, maybe it's not the end of the world and why don't you you know, figure out how to get help. And one of them actually knew, um, knew somebody who taught channeling. So I took a, a channeling oh. class for, yeah, but I was terrified just, you know, and I liked being on earth and suddenly I really couldn't in the quite the same way, but I like what you're saying about sitting with it, being with it. And, and I would, I would 
kind of say part of my experience is then learning how to stand up within that space and allow this this uh, complexity to exist. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Also, gonna, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that um, we're talking about, be, you know, being in, in our body and I'm finding that I'm more recently just um, with everything that's going on in my life and um, speaking to more people and, you know, talking about dreams uh, publicly a lot more that I'm finding that um, I'm more, the more I'm in my body, the more open I become. And I don't know if, but, but more abilities have, have, uh, are more open and I'm, I'm having more premonitions and yes. more dreams in which I can tell people, I, random people, Hey, I dreamt about you and yeah. this, and this and that. And they'll be like, how did you know that? I don't know. So like I have more remote viewing and I have, uh, I can say, well, but all of a sudden I'll hear the, a voice. I, I, I get, I receive a lot of my messages through feeling and voice right. and I'll hear the voice and then I'll say, Oh, this is about to happen. And people will look at me and then whether it's the next moment or a day or a week later, it happens. And so um, it's interesting. So uh, the more uh, psychic people or intuitive people or the more we want to open up if we're in our body, mm-hmm. um, the more we adjust to it is that I'm asking you this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me, I would, I want to, I really want to share something with you. Let's, let's do that after the break. Let's take our second okay. breaks. Stay with All us right. people. This is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> wired is no accident your soul has divine intentions for this life understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world a soul's journey soundbite from astrologer and channel tom jacobs is a 15 minute mp3 reading on your major life themes tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you your values passions fears and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your soul's journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com 2012 is here to evolve now we must understand ourselves on all levels it's time to live more consciously release the past heal our emotions and develop solid boundaries going forward what's the bottom line we need to be present A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. Hey, people. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, 
Tom Jacobs once again from tdjacobs.com. And uh, joining me, if you're just uh, new to the program, is uh, Meredith Smith, who's an intuitive and uh, dream interpreter and uh, dream worker. And um, we've been talking about living Neptune energy in a constructive, proactive way. And and so you have a little intuitive stuff happen. You have a, some weird psychic things, maybe, maybe a premonition, maybe dreams. How can you live in multiple worlds and thrive <laughs> and stay grounded? And, and just before the break, Meredith um, asked me, you know, she says, I, you know, I, being more in your body, you're getting more of this otherworldly stuff happen. And what I want to say to you is, you know, the key for any human with, with, with regard to this stuff and life in general is the body. There's an amazing opportunity that energetic beings, such as we are, you know, uh, parts of divinity consciousness, um, to be embodied presents a unique opportunity to experience energy viscerally. And, and that means emotion. Energy experienced viscerally is experienced as emotion. So um, one of the things the Ascended Master, Jehudi Thoth, St. Germain Merlin, you know, all these different names, one of the things that he shares with us is that the name of the game for human evolution now is not ascension through vibrating in higher planes, escaping the body, you know, uh, releasing ourselves of physical reality. That's not evolution. He says, you came here for a reason. Your soul is embodied as a human there's nothing wrong with how you're wired. You know, the way you're wired is no accident is what's on my site and my business cards. And so, yeah, if, if Meredith, if you choose to be in your body, all, all these things will open up. Because when, we're, when you're escaping or when you're allowing, you know, a porousness or being an energetic sieve, you're allowing your consciousness to not be in your body, you're not maximizing human potential. I mean, that's kind of a you know, corny, inspirational seminar way to say it, but you're not maximizing the opportunity that your soul is intending that you have. So that's that's one of the things with your Pluto in the first and the Uranus uh, moon in the first is to make a choice to be in the body, even if you encounter weird energies, even if other people don't understand you or you're moving at a different speed. And even if you're observing yourself from above sometimes, like to stay in your body is a, a giant, a wonderful invitation. Now, what what I would offer you that you have the opportunity to experience through doing this is translating for people more. You know, seeing more, but also because you're in your body, you're able you'll be able to engage with them in a way that's relevant to them. That if you're just floating around your body, you can't see how to communicate best. You can't really get through. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I you know I'm in. Uh, like I was saying before, I'm seeing the difference because it was even uh, my own Reiki teacher that recently um, had said to me that I needed to be more in my body. And so when I do Reiki on people, I am so, I mean, my uh, psychic abilities are very heightened. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the gifts but, of Reiki. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that she was, she was telling, she was trying to tell me that, my psychic ability should always be that height and that that, but yes. I'm not not in my body enough to let it happen. And and until I do, then my whole journey, my whole purpose isn't going to you know the road isn't going to be open up wide enough for me. That's and, right. and I'm just going to keep going along, and I'm you know I'm not going to get to the point where I need to be until that happens. And so, um, just in the past couple of months. Uh, uh, it has. I've become more in my body, and I'm 
And I'm learning to navigate. I mean, before it was just navigating my dream life and my waking life. And now, um, you know, when I was a child, I was very, very intuitive and very open because I was constantly, you know, between both worlds. And that that state, and then I kind of shut it down for a while because I didn't know what to do with those those messages and that psychability. That's right. When I have people call me and say, um, I think mm-hmm. I'm intuitive or I think I'm psychic and how can I learn to communicate with my guides better? I say, get grounded. Mm-hmm. I say, get in your body. And they say, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I say, just trust me. They, they do it. They call back and they say, gosh, I couldn't do it or that was really challenging or I felt like I did it about 5 or 10%. And so I say to them, look, the key is not your seventh or sixth chakra, right? Intuition or psychic or that's not the key because that's actually easier for a lot of people to open up. But um, to get connected to the earth, to make peace with the fact of the body and what the body does, which is an extension of nature, is, you know, quote unquote, maximizing this potential uh, of the human experience. And, and so, um, there's a, there's an author, an eco-psychologist, uh, who, uh, has a couple books out and has, has quite an interesting, quite an interesting perspective on evolution. And he says, and then Jehudi kind of confirms this, but I like how, but I like how this guy, his name is Bill Plotkin, uh, says it. And he says, Ascension is not the name of the game. You have to descend simultaneously, meaning connect to the earth, stay in your body. And for, for people who are, who are, um, well, on earth, one of the, one of the challenges is to then deal with the energies in the body. That's why most of us check out. We don't want to, we don't know how to deal with the energies, that is to say emotions that are already in our bodies and in our fields. So we don't want to be here. And, you know, I hear from people things like, what will it, the people, you know, write me and say, I'm interested in having a reading. And here's my question. What will it take for me to wrap up this earth business so I can finally get on with my true destiny, which is not on earth? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your, your, your thing, if you're on earth, it's to be here and to figure it out. So sometimes our intuitive abilities, our psychic selves and our, even our emotional selves can advance faster than our acceptance of our body. And that's it. So it's a trap to think that evolution requires, you know, not being in the body. And for some people, for example, asceticism works. But, you know, for some people, celibacy works. But often for periods of time, to actually be in the body and to deal with energy and emotion in an embodied way is a huge part of the human opportunity. And, and, um, the last thing to say about this perspective is that, that it's not just, you know, I mean, we're multidimensional beings. And so, you know, Meredith, what you're dealing with, what I'm dealing with as an individual, it's not just from this life. We are shaped over many lives. And, you know, our emotional energy bodies, our etheric body, our mental body, they travel across time. They're in common with all lives. And that's how people have weird birthmarks based on a, a wounding from past life. Or, And that's how people manifest, you know, an illness or a debility now that's actually rooted in a different life because these emotions and energies exist across time. So we have to get in our bodies and then we have to be willing to clear out what in there doesn't belong to us, what makes us fearful, you know, what we accepted from others that we don't like. And, you know, and as I mentioned to you, this idea of encountering other people's suffering and woundedness, like specifically with your, you know, South Node ruler opposing the Chiron, you know, in the seventh, other people's suffering, pain, and woundedness, you know, you, you probably, over different lives, been trying to help people heal from trauma. Like, that's that's probably something you keep finding yourself doing. You know, as a nurturing person in the community, Cancer 10th House South Node, 
you, you know, you actually probably confront the people coming back from war if you are not even one of them, you know, if, if you're not one of them. And so you might actually in your field, just offering you the suggestion, um, you might go through a kind of a, a, a global, you know, across time protocol of making sure that you are not absorbing any energies, but also that you're not carrying anything from other lives. And, and, um, but all intuitives need to do that. Everybody with an emphasized, you know, you know, like Uranus in the first and moon, as well as a uh, sun Neptune stuff. Uh, we all have to learn that, you know, uh, being aware is perfect, is wonderful. It's part of our gift, but absorbing things is usually detrimental. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I, too, you know, I have to remind myself that. And, you know, I tell my clients or, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's the same with bringing that back into from your from your dreams too. I mean, even your nightmares, or even if you're you're not working with other people and you're having uh, nightmares or bad dreams, when you, you have to protect yourself, even uh, upon falling asleep and upon waking, so you don't bring those energies back. And you know, there used to be a time where I had all these rituals, but now I've I've learned to just um, quickly just you know be like, okay, do the cleansing, you know, before I walk in my right. house or leave my house or you know before I go in a crowded space and you know give my protective bubble and think all empaths and intuitive sensitives, um, everybody who works in the healing field, they have found whatever needs with protection and right. to have those energies bounce off because it affects us even more than um, a person that doesn't work in this type of field. Let me, let me offer you um, a, a per, an alternate perspective on the idea of protection, and you can play with it and see, see if it works for you. And, and, okay. But I tend to – when people use the word protection in terms of like intuitive and psychic stuff, I, 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 I get out the little soapbox because I, I, I got to say something. Because, um, you know, like, like – and I'll tell the, the listeners, you know, when, when we first got on the call and we're – you know, Meredith and I were kind of chatting and doing the, tech, the test, um, there was this really weird – sounds it sounded like robot voices weird and coded sounds and and she said well yeah sometimes you know on the phone call like this we'll we'll get spirits coming in and i said yeah two people who do work like this and live multidimensionally it can seem like oh it seemed like a a free-for-all party invitation which it isn't so so i asked her to, to set an intention with me that this call was for us to discuss things and share with the audience and that when at in the future we're available for to work with other people and beings to come through, then we'll then we'll let them know. So just I just want to give this 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 image to you of the idea of setting an, a grounded, loving intention for what you're going to experience, as opposed to perceiving that we need protection. Because if we perceive we need protection, that's a certain might not be safe, and that opens the door for things that might prove us right. So I just offer you that image and and to the listeners too, um, because I I don't do any protection. I just, I'm in my heart and I vibrate. I'm available to help people. I'm available to work with beings that are helpful. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like almost pushing out because of the force of the love in my heart, frankly. Um, you know, anything that doesn't match this vibration of that can't be loving. And so I just offer you that, that thing because it's really, I think it's really important. Uh, and this is one of the Neptunian things. We open up to other realities and energies and emotions and, Maybe I don't feel safe, and so just offer just offer you that that image to to play with, and and that's why I tell people about the grounding meditation, uh, and also all the the uh, recordings of all the work with Jehudi that I offer through the through tdjacobs.com because to make the and that's what increasing immunity that that uh, MP3 I mentioned is about to make the decision that we're safe, 
creates safety. So I don't know. Play with that. See see what you uh yeah. you know see what you think. No, thanks for that insight, and that that's really good to know because. Or at least to remember that um, when you're protecting yourself, it's not as if you're. Uh, uh, it's not good to go ahead and project that there's going to be negative energies ready right. to attack. But like, yes, exactly. That might not be safe. I'm not yeah. sure that I'm safe. Well, just please make the decision that you're safe. Like it, it, it ends up being that simple. Though sometimes we have to say it a few thousand times till we believe it. <laughs> you know? But yeah, no, I understand. Yes, that's good to, to, to reword that. But cool. I, I can... Thank you. It's a, it's one of my soapbox issues, and 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 anybody who says the word protection, I'm like, well, can I offer you this other thing? Because it's you know, just an alternative, and and this idea of our immunity, uh, you know, we don't we don't get you know people get sick in the holidays. It's not because it's winter. It's right. because the the stress is flying around and people aren't sure how to own their energies and, and how to make the decisions they're safe. So because people are more stressed, there's more traffic issues. There's there's sometimes can be more arguments or deferred arguments because I don't have time because I have to take care of these 20 things and attend four parties and bring chips or whatever. But like, you know, either conflict or deferring conflict, which creates issues too. And you know, I don't have time to really work through this problem with you or something. And that's why people get sick during the winter. It's, it's you know, the germ theory of disease and uh, in this in, increasing immunity MP3, actually, Jehudi debunks it rather, uh, rather um, charmingly. <laughs> he discusses that it's not – that's not why it's happening. And then he also talks about what we consume, you know, alcohol and sugar being two kinds of things and media, the fear from media uh, that we can take into our field that can actually inspire us to – think that we're not safe because they create states of agitation and and not being grounded. So that's just food for thought on. So we just have a one minute left. So um, Meredith, thank you. Meredith Smith uh, from I speak in dreams.com. Thank you so much for, for uh, coming on the show. And I, I didn't, uh, we didn't talk about your book a ton, but, but I want people to go to your site and also go to Amazon and, um, and, and see the book, uh, the, the dream workers book behind the veil night shift workers. And, um, Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your info and insights. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and thank you for all this information about about me. How wonderful, right? You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Great. I really appreciate it. Great. You're welcome. And um, if you know anybody, you or anyone else, who could uh, really benefit from understanding more about their soul's journey, uh, I do readings at TDJ, through tdjacobs.com, and also the Soul's Journey Soundbite is a, is a manageable overview of the entire soul's journey that's pretty affordable. You can get that at tdjacobs.com. Thanks for joining me. Next week, you're going to hear channeling on the show. You're going to hear Jehudi directly speaking through me. So, so stay tuned for that next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's TD. J-A-C-O-B-S dot com.